This is the Tabernacle Podcast with me, Britton Bishop. Uh, today, I am joined by the one and only um, Student Ministries pastor, young adults, pastor, next-gen kind of leader at Westside Community Church. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know if it was just Westside, Westside Community Church in Traverse City, AJ Garcia. What's up, AJ? How we doing, bro? What's up? Glad to be here. Absolutely, bro. Pumped to have you here. Excited. This has been one we've been trying to do for a minute, one that I think will continue uh, into some different type of like topics and segments and different things like that. But I felt like today, before we jump into as you at being a continued guest, letting people get to know you, let the podcast family kind of know who you are, where you come from, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. So today we're going to jump into AJ Garcia's Change Life story. But before we do that, um, you'll see here that we have these incredible little white cups with a black logo on it that I have no idea what it is, but every good coffee shop has a logo that you don't know what it is. This is Mundo's Coffee. Lily Vermilia, if you're listening to this, uh, no free shout outs. Mm. Mundo's, we need a sponsorship. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I know AJ has spent plenty of money at Mundo's over the years. Yes. Um, I've participated <laughs> in those activities. Uh, but even if it was just like a cheddar lime hash burrito every Thursday morning just to get us going for, right. the, for the pot or whatever, maybe bring the waffle back. Bring the waffle back. Yeah, the cheddar lime waffle back. That We need a savory waffle. I might get a shirt made that just says, bring the waffle back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to wear it every time I go to Mundo's. You're going to start something. Absolutely. So Yeah, Dan Clark, uh, no let's talk. Outs. No free shout outs. No free shout outs, Dan. But if you're looking for good coffee in Traverse City, Mundo's is your spot. I about roasted like four different coffee shops and I stopped myself. <laughs> Uh, That's discipline. Just because I know Adam listens to this, but I was like, no, there might be somebody out there that loves the coffee shop Adam likes that right. w- will not be named on this podcast. Right. Okay. All right. Um, that will not be named. All right. Because I'm not ever shouting that out. Well, look, Mundo's can go to toe, toe to toe with any coffee shop Facts. out there. Facts. Absolutely. Love Mundo's. Lily Vermilia works there. Mm. Um, she is easily my favorite barista that they have. Um, <laughs> and I mean that. So yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know any of the other baristas. So, <laughs> But uh, Christians. Yeah, Christians. Believe, yeah, Christian owned. Great, great yeah. family. Yeah. Um, a couple of them go to our church, a couple of owners. Yeah. Um, great people. Yeah. And uh, they, love, they love the Lord. They love good coffee. And uh, the thing that distinguishes them between other um, nerdy, pretentious coffee shops is that they. I'm glad you said they got all the nerdiness I'm glad you and said none it. of the the pretentiousness. pretentiousness. Yeah, uh, but still no free shout outs. Yeah, uh, Mondo's no free shout outs. So, yeah, excited man to jump in uh, with you today into the change life story. But maybe um, I'm trying to think, uh, Benji, what's a question we've asked our guests before? First time questions they get on here before we jump in. What was it like growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we start the change mm. life stories. My boy Benji on the on the mic. I just want to Benji say on Benji the ones would and join twos. us today. Uh, Pastor John is uh, at a beauty appointment, I believe. <laughs> I don't actually know if that's true or not. I just made that up. But they always make up some insane story when I'm gone that I'm doing something that I'm not. Right. And so I'm going to take advantage of that today and say that Pastor John's probably getting his eyebrows done right now or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why he's missing this episode. But it is what it is. He's not here. Fine. Uh, no, he heard I was coming on. He was like, uh, nah, not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, yeah, man, um, what is kind of your first memory uh, growing up? Mm, Whoa, that's a good question. First memory, it's random, but I remember remember growing up, my mom and dad, me and my brother, we moved to, yeah, Danny G. Um, We moved down to Texas, Mm -hmm. South Texas, uh, and we were living with my grandma my grandparents and uh, some of her siblings, they had like a, 
like a little little compound, if mm-hmm. you will. So they had a couple houses on the property. Um, they had a trailer or two. We had an old school bus. I don't know how we got the school bus, but we like made that into uh, like a little room. They had fans on it and stuff. Before like the camping van became cool. Oh, your family was rocking one of those. Right, right, right. So we're OGs, <laughs> but but it was in Texas. And right. so it was just sweaty oh, and gross. Uh, so we were broke, broke. And I remember <laughs> my first memory is we picked up Taco Bell. Hey. They brought it to the house. I'm eating it. I remember thinking, they need to do something about this shredded lettuce, man. Like, it's all over the place. And and then I remember, like, taking a bath, and we had, like, this giant plastic tub, and we were, like, sitting in that little little giant plastic tub, and, and, and it's like a, like a bowl. Yeah. And so that's when I realized, oh, we're broke. <laughs> I was, like, four or five years old. Hey. Yeah. You know what? Talk about this. Still needs to do something about that shredded lettuce. <laughs> right. right. Um, I'm a firm believer. I use this as an excuse, but I think it's just an excuse because I think lettuce is such a waste of time mm-hmm. um, if you're not eating a salad. It's like <laughs> 98% water, something stupid like that. And fun fact, okay. the largest spreader of E. coli in fast food. Oh, wow. Because they don't wash it. Oh, wow. So there you go. That's, That's why nasty. I don't get lettuce at Taco Bell. That's why me and Benji are anti-lettuce at Taco Bell. Right, Benji? We're chicken quesadillas only around here, dog. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so that's crazy, though. So you lived in South Texas. How long were you guys down there for? Ten years. Ten years. So from birth till then? or Three to 13. Three to 13. So what was it like growing up in South? Were you guys on, like, the compound the whole time? No, we got a house um, maybe five, ten minutes from a grandma's. Okay. Um, but in South Texas, a um, lot of Mexicans, a um, lot of illegal immigrants, a lot of family there, a um, lot of gang violence, a mm. lot of drugs. Yeah. And so... Uh, going through like upper elementary and early middle school, um, it started kind of the conflict rose. Yeah. Um, that's where my dad grew up. Okay. Um, so we had a lot of family down there, but my mom is from up here in Michigan. And so as we're growing up, like 2008, the, the, you know, the recession's happening and, and they just can't find work. And so we thought, you know what? Well, my parents thought, you know what? Why don't we move up, uh, work with my mom's parents had a, a like a family business. Gotcha. We'll work with them, and it'll also get the boys out of the school system down here. So, situation. yeah. Did you find yourself like while you were in that situation? Like, was there any like pieces of like your identity that were starting to get formed? Like as you look back, because I know for me, like at the time, obviously you don't realize it, but as you look back on like those times in your life, like there are pieces of your identity that get formed. What, did you would you say that there was anything? That yeah, kind of happened in those like that span of your life that started to form like an identity for you. Yeah, I think that one of the biggest things for me was because because so through those ten years we would also move back and forth from Texas to Michigan, Texas to Michigan, okay. um, and we'd be up here for a year, down there for you know three years, up here for a year, and so I was constantly making new friends. I was like the new kid a lot, and so that forced me to. Um, adapt mm. and um, by nature I'm a little bit more obnoxious, um, talkative, and annoying, and so I extroverted, uh, <laughs> extroverted, extroverted some yeah. would call it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so it it reinforced that in me. So gotcha. just being able to you know make new fit friends, in and fit in, and stuff yep. like that. Would you did you find yourself like ever like in those settings like I'll become whatever this group needs me to be to fit in? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it became easy to adapt to those different 
situation. So if I'm around a group of, you know, tough guys yeah. and, and so I'd put on the face, like, I don't really care. Like right. I'll fight anybody. It yeah. doesn't bother me. Um, if I'm, when, when I was around like more creatives, yeah. like artists, I learned how to play guitar. I was in touch with my emotions, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. So just learning how to uh, This is adapt. explaining so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so what was like faith like for you, like growing up? Like, was there anything in that 10 year span? Like parents, did your family go to church? Did your extended family go to church? Mm. Was there any type of like introduction to like the church, the gospel, anything like that? We grew up as like lukewarm Catholic. Okay. Right. So uh we went to church christmas easter uh but we were priesters priesters we were one of those but uh but we really only went on like christmas and really only sometimes when uh when we were looking for you know to 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 not feel so guilty right and and that's not fair necessarily to put it on my parents but that that that's what i would remember it wasn't really reinforced it wasn't really pressed into um our lives and so I remember my mom had a a King James Bible. She had a rosary, mm-hmm. you know, she had some candles that we would light. And so God was, it, it wasn't as if he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't as if we n- never talked about him. Right. But it wasn't like an all your heart, soul, mind, and strength right. kind of uh, relationship. It yeah. wasn't, there was no intimacy. Gotcha. Um, and so we had the, the idea of right. God, the concept of God. Yeah but without any of the relationship. It was like a very like religious experience for you at that point, like in those kind of first like formative 10 years. How did that kind of shape like your personal view of like God, like how, like when you showed up to those spaces or it's creaster time or whatever, like where were you at with that stuff? Like growing up, was it like? Yeah. yeah. I tried to, I I was very curious. I still am Mm -hmm. pretty curious. Um, And so that's kind of why I love learning about other people's worldviews as well, um, which helps I mean, this is another conversation, like yeah. apologetics and stuff, but which we'll helps you with and that. Martin Rizzi do that one together. Let's get yeah. it. <laughs> um, but I, I remember being very curious, like, okay, if if God is real, like, you know, asking all the the questions that you might might ask that seem elementary, but are like really deep what were questions. Some, like, do you, can you think of any yeah. that you were asking at that time? I remember. Well, just the foundational stuff like okay who is the spirit Mm -hmm. like what role does god have in our lives and i wouldn't have used that language right but like who who is god the classic who made god yeah um and and very scared of hell Mm -hmm. you know constantly searching out for like angels demons spiritual warfare type stuff realizing that that's a a reality but you know under focusing certain areas over focusing in on other areas. Um, so I was, I was to basically, I was just very curious. Mm. Um, but that curiosity led me to, you know, a ton of other stuff at that same time we were in, I was in like eighth grade, yeah. uh, seventh, eighth grade. So we're learning like evolution and stuff like that. So I'm curious. I was like, all right, well maybe, maybe this is, is yeah. the way and constantly just trying to find, you know, identity belonging, mm. Um, trying to find a foundation like that. I I bet that co- goes back to early on, constantly adapting. Like around and yeah, stuff, yeah, just like okay, I need I need something that's mine. Yeah, that's real. And so, if not like my location, mm-hmm. um, if not you know family, because we were kind of bouncing around between yeah. family, cousins here, cousins there. So I never really like belonged. Um, and 
if not any of that, then maybe in like my like my dogma, my my yeah. faith, like yeah. my worldview. Yeah. I need I just need something. Something. Something to grab onto that's yeah. consistent. Right. Yeah, for sure. So then you kind of so eighth grade was that when you guys moved was it eighth grade or was it high school or what yeah was that? eighth grade seventh, so, seventh eighth grade yeah. but um, so you guys moved up landed. to Michigan mm-hmm. so where'd you guys move to Detroit area so uh, Livonia we Livonia. stayed with her grandparents yeah. for a year and then uh, and then we got a house in uh, Wayne Michigan there you go yeah so yeah um, so you're up in Mich- you're in the Detroit area mm-hmm. and like you guys were there all the way through. Yeah, parents still there. Till yep, parents still awesome. still there. So, what was that like? Settling into like a spot where it was like, oh, I'm going to be known here. Like, I don't get to leave, bro. I remember moving to the new school, thinking this is it. <laughs> like, I'm the new kid on the block. I can reinvent myself mm-hmm. to whatever I want to be. And so, I thought that this is a perfect opportunity to make myself the the version of AJ that I think would be attractive. Mm. So, you know, I wanted to be the funny guy. I wanted to be the cool guy. I wanted to, to you know, get decent grades, not because I cared about the grades, but because I wanted a good job and get the money, right. you know? I wanted to be cool. I want to have friends that think that I am, like, cool guy, like, just think highly right. of me. Um, I wanted to find a hot girl to date. <laughs> I wasn't a Christian, so I was like, I, I don't care. I don't right. have any boundaries. Like, I just want, I, I want what the world has yeah. to offer. And, uh, and, and so looking back, like the, the pride of youth was just so evident yeah. in my heart. I just wanted to be satisfied in whatever areas of my life, whether that was affirmation whether that was sex and relationships, whether that was, yeah, just ego and, yeah. and financial, whatever. And so, yeah, I, I, I tried to reinvent myself. Um, and so that, that, that didn't happen. No. That didn't happen well at all. Is there all. any good stories about like you showing up, like trying to be this thing and Bro, then, like it just falling on your face? I, I remember, so this was in the air, this was in like the, the snapbacks and oh. tattoos era. <laughs> like, yeah. This was like Mac Miller. This was like <laughs> Wiz Khalifa. I was, yeah, for real. I was, uh, I remember having a snapback on my head and then wearing like really baggy, um, like basketball shorts yeah. and then have, uh, and then like Nike slides or whatever. Straight soldier boy vibes. Yeah, for real. I remember one, one time I had, this is how bad it got. I had a snapback on my head and then I had a snapback hooked to my like belt buckle. <laughs> Just so that they knew, you like, know. Yo, I'm strapped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. That's Benji's laughing. You don't know nothing about that snapback on your hip. I kept uh, that thing never on know. me. Kept it on him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I just was a. I was just goofy, and so I tried to to get people to like me. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I, I was a new kid. So, so my first week or so at this new school. Um, I'm going in kind of have open mind, but really, you know, desperately right. craving something. And, uh, I, I walked into one of the first classes and there was this kid named Nate who, uh, seemed like a cool guy. He introduced himself to me afterwards and was like, yo, you're, you're new. Like, let me, let me see your schedule. I can yeah. kind of point you in the right direction. Was this a bigger school than you've ever been to? Uh, it, it was just a big school. Okay. I mean, yeah. So when I graduated, we had, I think like 400 kids in our okay. class. Cool. And so, um, it was a pretty big yeah. school. And then he, this was middle school, like eighth grade. He, uh, pointed me in the right direction. Um, it turns out 
at the time I thought it was cool. Now I'm like, man, it's God's providence that yeah. he like, it's like, uh, it's like Ruth. Like it just so happened mm. that we had all of the same classes. Dang. We lived across the street from each other. Um, and we had, we rode the same bus. And so it was crazy that our schedules lined up so, so well. So we became good friends. And, um, after about a, a week or so, he, it became Wednesday I mean, Wednesday came around and he invited me to youth group, like any classic, you know, youth group kid, uh, youth pastor is probably pressing him. Right. And, uh, this is our new reach one campaign. Yeah, exactly. Whoever brings the most friends gets air force one. Stop it. <laughs> Hey, it works. Hey, I'm going to tell you, until, let me tell you, I got I to do this side story. So we did the same thing with our small groups here like two years ago. I was like, mm-hmm. yo, whoever brings the most new friends, whatever small group oh, brings wow. the no, most new people from their grade at the end of the semester, I'm going to do a giveaway for some AirPods. Yeah. So your small group will get put in a raffle. So they're like, I'm like, yo, kids are going to go crazy about right. this. I think we maybe got three new kids <laughs> and I still had to give away AirPods for oh, a group that gosh. brought two, two new friends. kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ROI, bro. Uh, hey, Kingdom Economics. I uh, love it. <laughs> so Nate invites you to church. He invited me to youth group. Yeah. And so remember, I had a vision for what my middle school and high school, I was setting myself up for success. Yeah, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to date the hot girl. I wanted to get rich one day. Yeah. Being a Christian was in direct conflict to that goal. Your That's not cool. Right. Going to church is not cool. <laughs> and so I was, I had no desire to go. And so I come, came up with excuses after excuse after excuse. Let me get, let me get some of them. It was just stuff like, no, I got like, I have to go hang out with some family yeah. or, or uh, you know, I, ha- I have this one, you know, I, again, family thing yeah. or I had, I don't have a ride. Because family stuff can't get con- like, there's right. no refute. To, exactly. Oh, well, my I mom my, said no. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing. And so I thought, man, this is solid. These are these are great answers. Um, so I, but I couldn't keep recycling the same ones because right. I saw the kid every day. And so, so he was persistent. Persistent, but but it wasn't annoying. Uh, um, and I could tell that it was. It, I mean, it didn't kill kill the kid. That if I said no, it's like ah, no problem. Like yeah. that's cool. And uh, he didn't stop being my friend when I told him no. And this happened for maybe a month, um, maybe maybe six weeks, where I kept telling him no. And, and so then he invited me again one Wednesday. I uh, I said, oh, man, I don't have a ride. And he was like, all right, That's no problem. Them all. I got you. <laughs> I, got I can pick you up. So I'm like, dang. <laughs> so I, I uh, remember I grew up Catholic. And so he picked me up from school. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm yeah. dressed to the nines. Um, and by dressed to the nines, I mean I, I borrowed my uncle's like dress pants. It was kind of baggy and, you know, I, I had like my uh, my Virgin Mary shirt on and I had like a rosary on because I'm going to church. And so I uh, he knocked on the door because we didn't have phones and I, I, I went out and I'm like, all right, let's go. And he laughed at me. I'm like, that's really Christian of you, bro, to just laugh at what I'm wearing. <laughs> And he was like, dude, go change. You hey, don't want to wear that. That's a good friend. That's a good friend. That's a good friend. Because yeah. I ought to let you show up like a <laughs> fool, bro. <laughs> yeah. New kid ain't taking none of these girls from me. Like that's dressed a in all. good friend. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good friend. So so I went and changed. Remember snapbacks? How many snapbacks did you take? I took one. Just one. Conservative. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, wore my, he was like, just wear what you wore to school. So I'm like, all right. Went to, went to church, went to youth group. 
And uh, I remember walking in and seeing the like love that they had for each other. Mm. I wa- walked in and there was this, this dude who is just just big dude, um, beard, like just like man's man. And and we're like little middle school boys. And he like is coming up and like giving us like bear hugs. Not not me, but like some of these other guys. And he he introduces himself like, hey, I'm I'm Jordan. Like, nice to meet you. What's your name, man? And I told him AJ. He was like, very nice to meet you. Any friend of these guys, friend of mine. And I was like, man, this guy's cool. Yeah. And uh, and so I didn't realize then what I know now was that was like John thirteen. Uh, 36 kind of love like they will know that you are my disciples Mm. by your love for one another and that love was attractive to me because i was longing for that yeah and uh i was longing for the community for the belonging and uh and so i saw that and i i kept going kept coming back um to youth group they had yeah food crazy worship you know good preaching and i kept going back and Maybe a month later, after sitting under, you know, gospel preaching, called under one, under one, yeah, under one, and uh, after going for a while uh, during worship, Nate leaned over to me, okay, and and he asked me, "Hey, are you ready to surrender your life to Jesus?" And I didn't know systematic theology. I didn't know what justification by faith, (laughs) you know, meant. I didn't know who Martin Luther and Charles Spurgeon and john piper were i didn't know any of these guys i still don't yeah who, who are we talking about <laughs> but i knew that jesus died for my sins mm-hmm. that he was god That's and good. so i surrendered my life to jesus i said yeah so he prayed for me and uh Just in the seats uh yeah it, well we were standing up it was one of those okay. churches okay during worship. we sit up front yeah uh, yeah so during worship um he he prayed over me and i uh yeah. What grade were you in? I was in eighth grade. That's so dope. Another eighth grader mm-hmm. prayed over you and you gave your life to Christ. So there wasn't like a youth pastor. No, nope. like, not involved. So cool. Just hearing the preaching. Bro, that is so cool. Yeah. That is such Ain't a, that what we want? Bro, absolutely. I'm sitting here and I'm like, bro, man, you know how much easier our job would be? Yeah, for real. I also real. want to get a bro count on uh, how many times I say it in this podcast. I feel like I'm with, anytime I'm with like you or like Andrew shows up right. or somebody like below the age of 50 <laughs> on the podcast, I instantly go to like speaking how we talk to each other normally. Absolutely. And uh, so I imagine the podcast people are like, man, this guy's different. When he <laughs> That's so Sorry. cool though, man. Like, so. Just to recap, so you kind of show up at this new school, new situation, and you're like, yo, I'm going to reinvent myself right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to become this version that the world has told me I need to be. And so, hence, mm-hmm. budget for snapbacks, mm-hmm. get the whole outfit, like, Come all that stuff. And then you're kind of met, like like you said, like, God's providence kind of shows up in your life, and it's like, yeah, I got a different idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you get this friend, Nate, and he just sticks with it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't back down. Keeps inviting, keeps inviting, keeps inviting. Sooner or later, you run out of excuses. You go to church, and then you were there for how long before you? I don't remember. I, I have to say, maybe, maybe a month, maybe six weeks. Yeah. Where where I'm just and are you? There. So are you actively like asking questions, having conversations over that time, or is it just like you're kind of like sitting back and observing all this? I it was a lot of observing, and and a lot of, um, a lot of stubborn pushback. Mm. So like I would hear things that were new to me and I was the annoying one who was like, 
I don't know if I believe that. Hmm. Or it's like, yeah, but it's like. Would you say that or was it just like an internal with thing? Fr- with some of the friends. Yeah. Uh, the more I got comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like. Did you guys I, like do like small groups and stuff? Uh, yeah. So we okay. had, uh, had like middle school boys, high school boys, yeah. uh, middle school girls, high school girls. Yeah. That's how we broke it up. And, uh, and so some of my guys, um, when we were hanging out outside of, outside of it, cause I didn't, I didn't plug in the small groups at, at that point. Cause oh, okay. it was, they met on Wednesday nights, and but small groups were out outside. Okay. So gotcha. like a Thursday yeah. or whatever day works yeah. for the leader. Um, and so I, uh, I remember just like hanging out, we're going, we're walking, you know, after the bus stop or we're, you know, going out and getting food yeah. and then the kids were like evangelizing to me and I was like, nah, like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, what you didn't know was behind the scenes. They had a plan. Like, yeah. Hey, leading this new kid to Christ. Absolutely. He has no other option. That's Absolutely. Like, that's cool. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, at the time, though, I'm like, man, these guys are really passionate about this. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, they're asking me questions. So we had this thing called the silver ring thing. This okay. is, you know, purity culture. Yeah. Um, so they're going around the, the uh, country to different churches and basically trying to get you to buy a purity ring, talking about sex and, and pornography and the dangers of all that, um, the importance of, you know, giving over all of your life mm-hmm. to the Lord and, and living in holiness. And so I remember vividly uh, that the silver ring thing, and that was the first time that I ever, that the concept of pornography being bad was, was even brought up. Mm. It was taboo. No one talked about it. Right. But it was like, eh. You know, it's just what guys do. Yeah. Um. And so in the church, there was this video. I remember hearing it, like talking about all these sins. And then pornography was one of the sins that it was talking about. And I thought, what? Like that's lumped in with, you know, murder and, and hate. And yeah. that's lumped in with, with all these other things. And I remember uh, leaving and they had a bunch of purity rings for sale. And uh, they... My, all the youth group kids were like, um, which, which ring are you getting? Which ring are you getting? And I was like, I'm not getting a, a purity ring. <laughs> I don't want to make a promise to God that I'm not going to keep. Mm. And so what was a desire to not be a hypocrite right. um, was, which was good at the same time. Like I didn't, I didn't want to give that part right. up in my life. Yeah. I, I hadn't just like kind of idle. Yeah. yeah. And so that was one, you know, one thing that my friends were talking to me about kind of trying to teach me what the Bible has to say about yeah. um, that area. Yeah. And I was just pushing back. <laughs> yeah. But, but in those like, you know, four to six weeks, uh, which is a short period of time, right. we, we had some pretty deep, deep conversations, 100%. but that's so cool, good. bro. So cool. And then you, so you're at youth group in the middle of worship. Yeah. Nature's like, Hey bro, you ready? Mm-hmm. And you're like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just praised you. That's such a cool story. Yeah. That, like it's just students leading students. That's such a like that's that's the vision, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we do what we do. That's why we teach the things we teach. It's not so we can grow these big student ministries where they come hear us preach every week. It's mm-hmm. so that students will be leading other students. Absolutely. Um. I, that's such a such a cool just like picture and vision of like man, this is what ministry looks like. Yeah. This is yeah. That's. I think it can be encouraging just to the person listening um, that just persistent obedience. Because I'm assuming Nate wasn't the most well-read, wasn't right. the most well-educated, right. um, but he was faithful. 
He knew that Jesus changed his life, and so he was going to tell his buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like he went out, like, you were just his friend. Mm-hmm. Like, he built a relationship with you. Um, he spent time with you. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's such a cool testimony for people listening to this podcast or students maybe that listen to this podcast or even parents and older people, but just your consistent relationship with non-believers and continuing to point them back to Jesus. He's faithful to do the work. Amen. Like the requirement is not for you to know all the answers. The requirement isn't for you to save them because as we all know, not possible. Right. But there's something about just like persistent relationship that brings people into the kingdom. And I think it's such a cool, like I I think like as you're sharing that story, I think about my own story and my friend Dalton that like he wasn't there the night I gave my life to Christ completely like surrendered everything. But I think he prayed for me for like seven years, like was always a friend, like could count on him. Like he was the one that would like, I mean, he was just always there. We were horrible friends back to him, (laughs) but he always showed up. And then I remember getting to call him and be like, hey, dude, like I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And like still to this day, we were just texting today about golf stuff now. But I mean, one of my group, but but I think there's something about like that persistent relationship Mm -hmm. and pouring into non-believers that is important. Because I think what can happen is we get in these Christian circles and we surround ourselves with people that think the same way and believe the same way, mm-hmm. which is good for community. But I think we lose sight of the mission mm-hmm. in that sense. And so I think it's just so, so encouraging to hear that story that it worked. It's relational evangelism. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that that's – there's a place for, you know, guys standing at the, you know, Street corner, street yeah, corner yeah. and and they're preaching preaching the gospel. So so long as it's you know consistent with scripture and they're preaching truth and love, yeah. you know I'm all for it. Love. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for that. There, there there's a place for that, yep. and you can do it well. Um, you can also do it really un like absolutely. Poorly. Yeah, but but my my uh, emphasis is on relational evangelism. Yeah, that's so good. So you want to evangelize? Okay. How about instead of you going out of your way to preach to the stranger on the mission trip, how about you preach to your mom? Mm. How about you do the dishes before she asks you and you say, by the way, this is what I'm learning in church and youth group on Sunday, wherever. And it made me think of you. And yeah. I just wanted you to know I love you and God loves you. That's so good. That's so good. And so I, my, so I was like, like I said, I was the only one who grew up, um, or I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so I was the first, I was the first, uh, first one to surrender their life to Jesus in your whole house, in my whole house. Dang. And so, um, I, over the years I was inviting, you know, different friends or whatever. And I, I realized like, oh man, like I need to turn this back to, you know, my family. When did that click for you? Probably like maybe two or three years after a long time. Yeah. So like sophomore, yeah. junior year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my brother. Uh, shout out Danny G. Shout out Danny G. Pastor. <laughs> Cold. Grand Rapids. Yeah. So obviously he ended up coming to a uh, youth group with me and he was the, he was the middle schooler that wanted to hang out with all the high schoolers. I can see that. Yeah. And so, for sure. I mean, for me. Like I don't let I don't let middle school siblings hang out with the high school siblings. Right. I'm like, no, you're, you're we're separating you yeah. two in small groups and other yeah. stuff. Like I'm I'm sorry, that's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, and part of that is is me still holding on to Big Brother energy, <laughs> where I'm like, nah, nah, that's yeah. not happening. And so, uh, I 
Yeah, I was going to tell a story, but... Hey, tell it. We got all the time in the world. No, not that one. But I will say, (laughs) I will say that uh, Danny Danny G came. So he he was hanging out with his brother's, older brother's friends. And uh, did you invite him? I invited him. What did that process look like? He I mean he was a little brother, so he right. wanted to come. Yeah, he wanted to come hang, and so I let him. Yeah, um, I didn't push back. My, me inviting him was more so me, you know, not uninviting him, not yeah. like stiff arming him. Got you. Gotcha. And so he came, he hung out, and uh, and and this is this is his testimony, sure. Um, but but later on in the years, like 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 Bible college, mm-hmm. he's he's in Bible college. He's years of going. Through the motions, he yeah. ended up uh, surrendering, he, hearing a uh, sermon preached, and realized, like, man, I was faking it. Yeah, like, I think Danny and I gave our lives to Christ to the same message. Not at the same time, but to the same yeah. message. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Shout out Adrian Dupree. Adrian Dupree, four yeah. chairs. Yep. Yeah, four chair message. Our students, we just went on a mission trip to uh, Columbia, South Carolina a few weeks ago, and uh, just through relationship with Adrian, our connection through Forge and stuff, we went over to his house one night for dinner, and... Uh, Took all, what, I mean, how I many? There was like 30, 40 of us, something like that. Took them all to his living room, packed them in. We had laser tag in the backyard afterwards. What? But, but That's he, crazy. But he, I was like, hey, bro, like, I was just going to have him do like passion, like living passionately for Jesus, something like that for the students. And uh, that day I was like, dang it. Because it just hit me. I was like, man, like some of our kids like need to hear four chairs um, wow. and what it is and what it offers. And it's crazy ADHD of all time. And he knows it, but the <laughs> spirit of God shows up in it and it works. Yeah. And I saw some of our students just get fired up about the gospel, the reality of what was going on. So mm. yeah, it was a cool moment. You remember that binge? Yeah. How many times have you heard four chairs? You think? <clears throat> that was, I mean, first time I actually listened to it. Okay. He, I mean, yeah, he did make some people cry laughing. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had students <laughs> like, I was about to pee my pants. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was cool, though. It was cool. Um, so, yeah, me and Danny G are part of that gang. So oh, that's awesome. Adrian that the guy had on the podcast. Brother gave yeah. us like, yeah, it's cool. He always loves hearing those stories. So That's amazing. But yeah. So give your life to Christ. Obviously, yeah. life changed completely at that point, and uh, you were just kind of getting after it from then on out, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how that goes. Yeah. So I – eighth grade, you know, I, uh, I, was, I was trying, but – in in my in my four years, so that was at the end of eighth grade, mm-hmm. my four years of high school of going to youth group, uh, we had five different youth pastors. Dang, that's hard. Yeah. And so I had different youth leaders um, and just witnessing, you know, pastoral failure yeah. and uh, the messy part of church. And Does that have any impact on you? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the in the mud, in the thick of it for for a lot of those yeah. pieces, and uh, yeah, just you know, just in more immorality, moral failures, mm-hmm. and um, I could talk about that too. But I, through that time, again, like I wanted, I wanted belonging, mm. and I was so desperate as a young boy who gave his life to Christ to like be discipled. I I knew that I needed that. Yeah. And I didn't see anyone around me to to do that. Yeah. Um you and Nate still homies? Uh not me and Nate aren't aren't that much uh aren't as close. Um but but one of the other guys in that crew, Zach, mm-hmm. um he is, you know, one of my best friends. At that point or were you and At Nate that st- point. Okay. Um and and to this day. That's cool. Uh yeah. another one of those guys, Terrence, 
Um, they're both groomsmen in my yeah, weddings, cool. best friends. Yeah. Um, love those guys. So desperate for discipleship. Desperate. And, you know, it's really sad when the one who is longing to be discipled, like we think as, as older guys, like, man, I just want to pour into right. to young guys. Um, it's important. I, yeah. I want to, um, I want to, you know, develop them, teach them, mm-hmm. uh, love on them, you know, you know, slap them around if they need to. Yeah, right. So we want, but we want to teach them. Yeah. Um, and it was really tough to be on the other side of it where I'm desperate for somebody to teach me, um, the ways of the Lord, like to raise me up in, you know, the knowledge and admonition of the Lord. And, and I didn't, there wasn't anyone to do that. Mm. And so, um, Jordan, big dude yeah. that I first met, um, I, I really, uh, he was one of, he was a middle school leader. Uh, he was really close to me, Nate, Zach, Terrence, all these guys. And it was maybe a year into our relationship. Uh, he was engaged to Zach, his sister. Okay. Um, they ended up getting married and it was, it was such a beautiful wedding. I remember thinking like this guy's about to kind of take a lead over like to be a junior high pastor. Yeah. Um, really influenced by him. He loved the Lord. Um, and, and was like passionate about seeing us like cling to the scriptures and live it out. And, uh, so got married, they were driving down to, uh, Myrtle beach. And this was on a Sunday morning. They were Mm -hmm. going on their honeymoon. And I remember leaning over to my buddy, Zach, and, uh, we were talking and in the middle of service, somebody came up to him, pulled Zach out of church. Mm -hmm. Like, what's going on? And so we didn't think anything of it really, but like, oh, maybe his mom was on staff. So maybe, maybe something happened out there. And so a little bit later, another person came out and grabbed me, grabbed Terrence, Nate, some of his friends. And they let us know that there was an accident Mm -hmm. where Jordan and and his wife, Heather, they, uh, they got into an accident on their way to Myrtle beach. And there's, we don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, they're at the hospital right now. And so they told us like, as any, any good adult would like, right. Hey, your, your friend needs you. Yeah. Um, he's going to need to be with family, but right now he needs you. Yeah. So, uh, we're kind of confused what's going on. We don't know. And so we're sitting in there just anticipating more information. Yeah. Well, we got a phone call. They got a phone call that, uh, Heather was, that was all right. By the grace of God, she only had a few scratches on her. Uh, but Jordan, he pa- he passed away mm. um, on impact. So it was a tragedy. Mm. It was tough. And there was, after, you know, grieving through that, I look back and I see a few things. I see how, how the church body came together mm. in such intimacy. So it was such a fresh and immediate response to suffering. Yeah. and loss that that impact that impacted my life and my understanding of death and the reality of us not pr- having tomorrow promised mm. um and i remember thinking um that this legacy so as a as a middle school boy you know or at this point i was a freshman as a freshman thinking how important that mission that that Jordan had for us was to live out. Mm. And so I kind of, me and some of our 
some of my small group, we took it on ourselves of like, we're going to carry on his legacy. And his legacy was to get the gospel out and to have a generation of, of young people who knew and loved Jesus. And so that's, that legacy like sparked a passion uh, with me and some of the guys in, in my youth group. Yeah. And so um, that was my first kind of taste of, of suffering and ministry. Yeah. Um, and, and that was tough. Yeah. It's hard. Over the, over the years we had, uh, a couple different pastors, um, uh, youth leaders who, like I said, fell into, to sexual immorality. Um, some of it, what they were arrested for, um, child molestation. Some of it was inappropriate relationships with female leaders. Um, and all of it, like they were close friends you know people who i knew and i loved and uh church split over theology um there was a calvinist and an assemblies of god church so it was like all right (laughs) it's crazy you're still sitting here following jesus coming out of all of that it's just such a like i'm curious like was there like i'm sure there were like these moments of like wavering like but like what was the tension you were living in in the midst of like what our generation loves to coin like church hurt mm-hmm. and like, why are you still hitting, sitting here regard, like considering all the things you've been through, all the things you've seen, all the things that you've been impacted by with um, a youth leader that you looked up to passing away in a tragic accident. And then youth pastor after youth pastor, like falling into uh, moral failure and then like a church split. Like you have so many reasons to coin like church hurt as the reason you don't do this anymore. And so, like, one, like, I'd love for you to take, like, just a moment to, like, speak to church hurt, but two, like, to the person that maybe has experienced those things, like, encouraging and, like, taking, like, a pastoral stance at those, but also speaking from your own experience, like, mm-hmm. why did you keep showing up? Mm. At the foundation, it's the grace of God for real. And I don't want to underplay that. Like, it is the it is the grace of God that that held me you know john 10 jesus talks about that the father gave him his sheep he's our shepherd the father gave him the sheep and that he is holding on to us and we we hear his voice we know him and the shepherd is the good shepherd who takes care of his sheep and no one will snatch them out of the father's hand Mm. and i felt the comfort of a shepherd holding on to me hmm. and i could have easily been the sheep that ran away right um but he clung to me hmm. you know i i yeah i i, I never use the term church hurt to describe my own right past although it is valid and yeah. i understand if defined rightly and understood yeah. you know healthily then yeah, of course there's there's yeah. church hurt. I think it's one of the most weaponized phrases absolutely in, in our culture today um, towards the church that our generation loves mm-hmm. to use as a reason, excuse, whatever you want to call it. But so yeah, yeah. and and so for me, on top uh, like uh, God's grace as a foundation, but also God's gra- grace through a community mm. um, of friends who were right there with me. Uh, I think there is power in fraternity. Yeah. I think there is power in in friendship. Yeah. Um, and when people are doing something together, 
Um, it's the band of brothers mentality. That's so good. And so we were all in the trenches together. Yeah. We cried together. We laughed together. We stayed up late together. For a lot of us, when when some of us, not a lot of us didn't grow up in the, the best like home situations, we didn't call our youth pastor to pick us up when another one ran away. Right. We got into our cars as 16, 17-year-old dudes, and we drove around the city looking for our friend hmm. when they, the parents were like, he ran away. We don't know yeah. where he's at. Um, and we had people stay over one another's houses, and we just we li- we, we lived it out. And so uh, I, I think it's the grace of God in the community, and it was the Spirit of God who revealed to me what, not like the special revelation, but like what is in God's word. And I believed it. It was it was so plain to me of what a pastor ought to be, what a man of God or just like a, a Christian, a follower of Christ, what they should look like. Mm-hmm. And the examples of pastors and leaders that I was seeing fail wasn't consistent with what I saw the way of Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And so my answer was, wasn't, like my response to that wasn't, couldn't have been the the way of Jesus is the problem. It's that these sinful men are they are distorting mm-hmm. what what jesus so clearly laid out in his words such a that's such a huge difference because so many people allow their experience to 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 shape the way they view scripture right rather than allowing scripture to shape the way they view the culture and the things that they're experiencing mm-hmm. and i think that whenever we get those two lenses twisted that's where we start to see those problems start to rise up so that's such a mature outlook though and it just speaks to who you are as an individual to this day. I think anybody that knows you knows you're wise, well beyond your years. Um, you're well <laughs> read. No, you are, bro. Um, you're well read, well studied. And I think that, that that all you can see all that play out in your commitment to God and His Word and to the standard that He's set forth. Um, but yeah, no, I just love that that you're bringing it back to like, no, I know this is what Jesus' plan was, and it's not His fault. Mm. that these guys fell into sin. That's right. Like he, he told us this was going to happen, mm. but he promised us that this is who he is. Right. So I just love that picture. And I think that's such an encouragement. So what would your like encouragement be to the individual maybe that's listening to this, that has experienced um, for the lack of a, a better way to say it, church hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to note that church doesn't hurt people. People hurt people. Um, the church was Jesus's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it's the people within that, local body context that are hurting you people that are inept to sin that mm-hmm. are that are broken fallen people um but so what how would you speak into that and encourage those people um that maybe have experienced that um that hurt you know i think that for every terrible pastor whose elders need to uh get together and kick them out of the pulpit for every every you know sinful human that has abuse their authority and the police need to get involved um, for every slip of the tongue or every harsh word there are dozens if not hundreds of faithful men who lead the church well and they aren't publicized mm. um, and so church hurts real and that's terrible especially when the ones who are supposed to be loving you the most tenderly are the ones who are like terrorizing you. Um, But the, the response cannot be to abandon God and his church, but to cling to 
the the church as it ought to be. And so I think you have a few options. You can either seek out to like reform your church um, and to try and change it, um, to speak out against it. Um, and maybe God wants to use you to call it out, call yeah. this and out. And I pray that sin gets exposed. Yeah. Or if not that, um, to to go to a different church. Yep. Um, find a good gospel preaching, Bible believing, Christ exalting church um, that is not perfect, mm. but are faithful to his word and are trying. Um, or third option is to plan a church. Yep. Okay. So they're, this one's a bad one and they don't want to change. There are no other options in your city. Uh, well, maybe God wants to use you to plant a church. Yeah. That's like, you know what? This is not your idea yeah but i need to do it the way god designed it and christ instructed and paul outlined yeah. for us to plant right so i think those are three options yeah. uh, of course you know christian counseling like biblical counseling is a beautiful thing because there are men and women who've gone through uh suffering and who can offer godly wisdom yeah, and counsel good. to you um, and you can't, and you can't do it alone. That's key. You cannot do it alone. Yeah, that's so key. Cause that's such a piece. Like the enemy uses those things to isolate us, mm-hmm. to, to disperse us, to spread us out because then the attack's easier. It's harder when we band together in those moments. I love that. And I think too, like echoing what you said, like when you face those controversies or those hurts or that sin, um, navigating that in the realm of Matthew 18, um, is key. So that's not like, hey, let's build up a big group of people that are going to then go call this individual out. Like, no, like scripture's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is sin um, in the body, like one-on-one as the beginning of that, um, going to that individual face-to-face in person, it's not a email, it's mm-hmm. not a text message, it's a face-to-face interaction. Um, and then if that doesn't work, bringing someone else with you, a brother, mm-hmm. um, to then bring awareness, then thirdly, getting the whole church involved, finding an elder or a pastor or something mm-hmm. of that sense to to then. But I think navigating in that realm is good because I think that's something that people do poorly mm-hmm. um, is just kind of how they navigate that. It's easier to get everybody on your side and then go after it. Right. But I don't think that that's necessarily the best way to do so. And uh, scripture is pretty clear on that. Yeah. And, and I will add, and you'll agree, um, that the Matthew 18 is a, is a foundation and does outline that. But the only addition I'll make, because there might be some people in this situation, unfortunately, if it's not like, man, this this pastor is pretty arrogant and harsh. So, yeah, go one to one, you know, two to one church. Um, But if there is abuse that is illegal, um, malicious or or anything to that degree, like, yeah, then bypass that and then go to the ones that you need to. But yeah, I know you'd agree, but I just wanted to. Yeah, no, that's good. hundred percent. Yeah. So all that stuff happens. You're finding yourself in community. There's huge turnover um, in your student ministry and and all of this stuff is going on. Kind of what, how do you transition like through those high school years? Like, I think you met some girl, um, (laughs) some stuff happened in there. So kind of break that stuff down. Yeah, so I, uh, well, bro, I, I met a few girls, <laughs> and that w- that is probably one of my biggest regrets. And yeah. as a as a young Christian guy, was just 
not caring about the hearts of women. So once I so once I got to a place where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of confident, like, you know, I, I, you know, for the most part, I know who I am as if we ever do. But like for the most part, I'm like, all right, I, I'm confident in who I am. Yeah. Um, that quickly turned into ego. Yeah. And I didn't have anyone in my life to check me on it, uh, which I so wish I had. Yeah. But but as a you know 17, 18 year old dude, like I thought I was the guy. You know, I started losing a little bit of weight. I had a, <laughs> you know some of the teenage you know chub off, and so Baby I'm like, fast yeah, away. I'm like you know I'm that got guy. I'm a little talkative, heavy, heavy mustache. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying I I couldn't at the time. <laughs> That might have deterred some women. Uh, uh, that might have worked in my, you know, favor in the in the yeah, long run. The Lord but humbling you, yeah. So I was just, I, I thought I was that guy, yeah. and and you know, I was leading Bible studies. I was starting Christian clubs. I was, I was the face. I was one of the few faces of my youth group in yeah. the school, yeah. the public school, and all the while, like I'm messing around with all these girls. <laughs> Yeah. You know, addicted to pornography. Um, I am proud and arrogant, and I thought, you know, I was, I was like a, I was God's answer, mm. you know, to the world around me. Yeah, and I hurt so many people. Mm. I was such a bad witness to the gospel in my in my school. Um, and Carissa, my my wife, she was telling me, you know looking back in high school, like I wasn't that bad, but I knew my right, heart. Right. I knew how much of a whitewashed tomb I was. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, nobody has to tell me that. Like I, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, that was kind of the, the season of life I was in, but you know, I, uh, I, I was in yearbook class and this is like my junior year and I was I was the only guy in yearbook, okay. <laughs> and some some guys might think, why would you want to be the only guy in your book? Hey, but you know, yeah, I know, everyone knows why I want to be the only guy. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I kept the options open, <laughs> and so I uh, I was the only guy in your book, and I had a whole room full of girls that I was you know trying to to get to like me, and there was this one girl who I, you know, became friends with over, mm. the, over the years. And um, we, I remember like the day that she got her braces off, like she was, she came into <laughs> class a little late. And oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, the teacher was Knowing like- Knowing her profession now. Yeah, too. right? <laughs> <laughs> so the day she got her braces off, she comes to class and, and everyone's like the teacher and everyone's like, oh my gosh, smiles, curse a smile. And so she smiled and, and then it was just like, you know, over. angels singing. I'm like, this this girl's got. She's some gonna be so teeth. mad when she hears this. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, like, you're so corny, AJ. I know. Well, it, it wasn't. I, I'm I'm lying. It wasn't like that. <laughs> but like low key in your but head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, this. So I noticed her. I was like, man, this this girl's awesome. Yeah, she's pretty. I like her. She's sassy. She's I was fun. Say, she's still mean back then. Oh, she wasn't a Christian yeah. back then. <laughs> um, so imagine, imagine uh, it, it, and then imagine the spirit not holding her back because <laughs> I'm not convinced it does <laughs> when it comes to me. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes we got to hear it. And so I remember uh, just being friends. Yeah. She had a boyfriend at the time. I I wanted to play the field, and so I we there was no like romantic relationship yeah. developing. 
But uh, over the years, we we got closer, became really good friends, mm-hmm. and we had kind of messy relationships. Right. Um, uh, again, this was I was coming to the end of myself. Um, the Lord was humbling me. Yeah, I realized, man, I'm really hurting uh, girls right now. I got I got to you know step it up. Yeah, and this is no way a Christian should behave. That's, yeah, and Chris was in a pretty toxic relationship. Um, and so we we both kind of came together and um and we because we were so it wasn't like two strangers yeah. kind of coming in and, and rebounding um but we were really good friends yeah and so um we were like well maybe and so we started talking started hanging out relate uh, feelings kind of yeah. built up and all the while i was inviting her to youth group so she was, still wasn't a christian she still wasn't okay. a christian i was inviting her to youth group and she was coming to you know christian club at the school yeah and i had a bible study that i did um on like saturdays and so so we were she was getting involved we were friends and so she was coming to all those things and then eventually um through us kind of getting you know like growing in feelings towards one another started liking each other she kept coming and ultimately you know i laid it on the table like all right look like i like you but like we can't do anything unless you surrender your life to jesus like this has to be real for you. Yeah. Like that's um, not so that I could date her, right. but we're moving in a direction and she was hearing the gospel proclaimed right. and she was making those steps. And so um, I have the privilege and the honor to be able to, you know, share the gospel with mm-hmm. her. And um, the Lord used me to pray with her and cool. she surrendered her life to Jesus. Yeah. So we started dating. And Is that immediately after? It was pretty close, <laughs> and uh, and and through that, the insecurity was okay. Is she doing it for me, mm. or is this real? Yeah. So it finally got to the point, and you know, Carissa, yeah, she's she's real. So like, she'll yeah. tell you like it is, 100%. even if you don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's why she's a homie. I love. Oh, I love that about <laughs> her. And so finally, we got to the point where I'm like, "Is this real for you, or are yeah. you doing this for me?" And she was like, "AJ, you need to stop thinking of yourself so highly." Like I'm, I'm not doing this for you. Like I believe it. Stop asking me. It's not about oh, you. I'm like, will you marry me? <laughs> I'm like, I love this girl. She's so real. And yeah. so, um, like that. Yeah, that was a that was a sweet so moment for her to remind me. Like, no, th- this isn't about, about you. It's you, about yeah. Christ. And so yeah, cool. he saved me. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So you met her. Mm-hmm. Um, where'd you? What'd you do after high school? Uh, went to Bible college. Okay. Went to Grace. Um, that's where. Uh, Andrew Clark, he's been yep. on here before. He graduated from Grace. His family, uh, his big brother and sister, yeah. uh, went to Grace. And so I went there. Uh, my brother, Danny G, he graduated from there too. And so good school. Lo- love those people. And um, yeah. In How long that, were you at Grace? I was I was there for a year okay. in person. Okay. And then. Uh, so and, what kind of break down that transition? Yeah. Like, so like kind of give us the long story of that. I went to Grace. I wanted to be. So. Zach's sister, uh-huh. all the way back to Zach. Um, Zach's sister, Heather. She told me when I was like sophomore. Which was Jordan's wife. Jordan's wife. Okay. She told me like, AJ, I could see you being a pastor one day. Hmm. And I was like, no, dude, I'm barely a Christian. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember my goal in life. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I, I don't really want, want yeah. to be a pastor. But then as... I grew and started to read the Bible more and my love for people and God's people like in in his church, it grew. And 
Um, I started to realize a little bit more of like mm. what a pastor was and the role that they had. Um, it, it became a little bit more attractive to mm. me. So over the, the next two years from sophomore to like later junior year, senior year, um, I, I like clung to that call. Yeah. Um, and so I went to Grace to be, uh, and I was a pastoral ministry student. Yep. Um, and I was there for a year and I, uh, got connected to a couple guys who were upperclassmen. Um, they're older and they were some of the leaders in that, on the campus. Yeah. And, uh, he was a youth pastor at a different church. Um, and I, and he, they connected me to some of the other like alumni, yeah. uh, from the school and, uh, Andrew's brother, Jared Clark. Uh, he was one of the guys that yeah. I went to school with. We were friends. And so I, I, I began to kind of, I don't recommend this, right. but it's just my story. Like as a freshman coming in, I was hanging out with more of the alumni upperclassmen than I yeah. was my own class. Right. And so I had ambition and my, my eyes were forward. Although I wish that I spent a little bit more time mm -hmm. in relationship with like my right. peers. Yeah. I think that would have been much easier for me yep. um, instead of constantly trying to. Yeah. You know, the next thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that for that season, that's when I, I discovered just a love for theology and a serious like depth for, you know, leadership in his yeah. church. And so I knew I, I felt the call to be a pastor, but this was when it was refining mm -hmm. um, intellectually for yeah. me. Um, I started to actually like think about it more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that that's all happening. And uh, so are you kind of seeing this like double life narrative start to like fall by the wayside or like? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah, I, it definitely was um, through that that season. the The Lord was humbling me mm -hmm. and shaving off my flesh. So, so cool. I lived a couple years as a Christian, growing, yeah. like a young Christian, and then I like relapsed a little bit. Yeah, backpedaled, and then early on in my relationship with Carissa, um, I was a poor leader in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And through that, going to Bible college, yeah. being a bad, you know, bad man of God, I was humbled mm. hard and so through those that season just yeah. being evidenced just how much of a of a hypocrite i was being yeah. um it was it was very it was very real and so um so yeah the, the lord was just shaving off flesh yeah um and it was painful right right because that's what it hurts when you're shaving you know yeah. so i had warts on all my fingers it hurts when when the knife is cutting away. Yeah, when I first moved here, and it, it it's painful yeah. to to remove the right. flesh, yeah. but it's important when when the flesh is what's killing you. Yeah, and so good. so is there like a specific like I don't know to somebody that's kind of living in that tension of like this is everything I like desire spiritually speaking is like right here, but I'm stuck mm. like. What did that, because obviously like, yeah, like the Lord like did that work. Like he is the one that like continued in that like church of ghetto word sanctification process. Right. But like on your end, like there's effort involved, mm -hmm. right? There's a surrender involved. There's, um, so like for you, like to the individual, maybe that's living in that tension currently, maybe it's a student, maybe it's an adult, maybe mm -hmm. it's somebody, a grandfather, like, I don't know. But like, what encouragement would you give to the individual that's living kind of in that tension mm -hmm. of like, I, I see what I want. And just like Paul talks about, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, the thing that I want, I don't do, but the thing I don't want to do, I do it. And mm -hmm. so like in that tension, like what would be the encouragement you would give to that individual? I guess it would be twofold. 
I'm gonna challenge and then I'll I'll yep. encourage. Cause because when you're when you're in that space, like you don't need the soft encouragement. Yeah. Encourage is always challenged. Right. You yeah. need to you can ask you me to step it up. I just yell at kids. That's my <laughs> encouragement. <laughs> uh I pray that your sin is exposed. Hmm. And you should pray that too. Yeah. Um, because the devil wants nothing more than to fight you in the dark because mm. he's going to win mm. um, when you're alone and when you're not, when you're not doing it, um, when you're not being honest about what you're actually struggling with. Um, but when your sin's exposed, that's a painful, but that's a, again, sanctifying work. Yeah. Um, God, God is making you more like Christ. He's cutting away at the flesh and you're putting on um, righteousness. And so I, I would say if you are living a double if you're a double-minded man, if you're living, you're living one life on Mondays as you are on, well, let's just be honest. If you're living one life on Friday nights as you are on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. um, that's a, you're being a hypocrite. Yeah. Like you're a fake Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're either not a Christian or you're living antithetical to the Christian life and you got to stop it. Yeah. And so it's just, it's that simple. Yep. S- just stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, because the spirit of God, if you are a Christian, the spirit of God gives you self-control. So you're no longer under the power of mm-hmm. sin. So sin doesn't have dominion over you anymore. Yeah. The spirit in you makes you free from yeah. the, the chains that sin has on you. That's Romans 6. Yeah. So like we got, we, we have the ability by the grace of God, through the work of Christ, by the work of the spirit in us to say no to sin. Mm-hmm. And so if that's you and you're realizing it, first off, thank God that you realize it because you could be blind to it. But second off, don't fight the devil in the dark. Open up. Do like pray that it's exposed or expose yourself to people you love and you know care for you. And then um, start chipping away at it. Yeah. Start chipping away at the sin. Yeah. Expose it to the light. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Like bring, invite community into it. Um, I think the book of James front to back mm-hmm. is a beautiful picture of uh, of what that can look like in the life of a believer, whether it be confessing to a brother um, the the dangers of allowing your desires and temptations to to lead the way and what those mm. lead to, but yeah, I think that's so good, so so good. Um, so yeah, go to Bible College. Mm-hmm. Um, I love bunny trails. It's one of the <laughs> things we say here at the tab is this is our podcast and we'll do whatever we want. So, I like it. Uh, yeah, this is a five part episode. But uh, so yeah, you're at Bible College. You meet all these guys, and uh, so kind of what unfolds from there as these like. Your ambition, like you said, your ambition's kind of leading the way. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, love it, hate it, whatever. It's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how did that kind of unfold? How did you end up up here? Like stuff like that. Yeah, Andrew Clark was my boy. I uh, I was so I didn't know him at the time. I knew his brother, and I knew a lot of his friends. And so he was youth pastor up here and uh, at Westside and Travers. And so I was just some college student, and he was preaching one day. And at one of the events, he brought his youth group out and they led worship and whatever. So it was so cool. I was there. And and then this older pastor guy like was preaching and then he saw me just sitting in the, you know, worship center, the chapel. He was like, AJ Garcia, I want to talk to you after this. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) I don't even know you. And so then I got to meet him and, uh, it was it was a really good connection. I really liked him. 
Um, he, he loved the Lord and I saw that he was a, a leader. People looked up to him and respected him. I respected him. And so it was, it was a really cool, like immediate, um, connection over the next month or two as summer kind of was coming up. Uh, he called me like we followed each other. Yeah. And so we connected over social media a little bit. He called me and he basically offered a summer internship at the church and so I was doing, you know, communications, creative stuff, photo, video. Was that a passion at that time? Because you're like anybody that knows you knows that that's a gift you have. Um, I don't know necessarily if that's your your calling based off what I've seen the fruit of your life be, but it's clearly a gift. Um, it's something that you have. But did you know that at that time? Like I liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. And I like thought photography, like Photoshop, like yeah. all that kind of creative stuff. Yeah, I got I got a. Uh, the bro runs a mean Instagram, people. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> if I had the resource and the time and the ability to make AJ Garcia my social media manager, oh man, be the first thing I did. That's <laughs> I'm blushing. Uh, um, I, I I liked it, yeah. and it was it was a potential option. I didn't I didn't know how far that would take me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I definitely was learning and growing a lot in it. And so at the time, that was something I was sharpening, mm-hmm. and I wanted to keep keep doing yeah and so they offered me a summer internship pressing into creative stuff doing communications photo video graphics website just a digital space social media yeah so i came up for the internship for the summer and after a couple years or a couple months um pastor john andrew's dad uh we're we're out on the uh i'm a city boy (laughs) and so he was like aj meet me at the cabin i'm a i'm a we're going to go on a golf cart and we're going to, you know, pour deer feed because um, hunting season was coming up. Yeah. And so anyways, we drove around and he was asking me a bunch of questions. I was asking him questions. And uh, I remember us getting to the end of it and parking and, and Pastor John looked over and asked me all the stuff I wanted to do, like where my heart was yeah. at, like just dream with me. So I was dreaming. Yeah. I was like, why can't you do that at Westside? We'd love to hire you if that's something you want. Hmm. And uh, I fell in love with the people, yeah. fell in love with the church, and I thought, all right, why not Westside? It's cool. So I, I committed three years here. After that three years, um, I looked around. I'm like, all right, I'll give it another three years. Are you I'm still doing this... school online at this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I've, I've been doing school online. Yeah. I've, been, uh, I've had like a year, two years that I, I yeah. not connected, but two separate years. I took a gap yeah. year. Um, COVID was one of yep. them, um, because while everyone else got a break around the world, uh, social media, social world media did not, it. Yeah. Yeah. Which you killed it. I, it was, you it was intense. It. Yeah. You killed it. I, I am curious and you can tell me, shut up, um, if you want, but was there a point like within like following like that opportunity of doing creative stuff where maybe like you had this awareness of like, man, maybe my ambition led the way here. And that wasn't like, cause obviously like your call in your life is like pastoral ministry. Like you can see it in your heart, how you love mm. people, how you dissect and communicate God's word. Like that's very clear. So like, was there ever like this tension point of like, man, I'm doing this like social media creative side and like, I'm good at it. But was there a tension of like, but man, I feel like I'm called to like this. Mm. Was there like, did you ever have a tension like that? Or I'm just curious. Yeah. I think there was a tension there because I wasn't. I was on staff as the director of social media and I was getting opportunities to preach. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm so thankful for yeah. John and I'm thankful for Andrew yeah. 
um, who gave me a ton of opportunities right. to lead and to preach while I was still doing social media. Yeah. So I preached on, like as not a pastor at the church, I was preaching on Sundays mm-hmm. because John saw that gifting in me yeah. and he gave me opportunities. Cool. He sh- stretched me, challenged yeah. me. Andrew did the same in, in Elevate, our yeah. youth group, and uh, gave me opportunities. Um, and he stretched me, challenged me, yeah. and they both formed yeah. somebody who like had passions, but yeah. refined it. Yeah, that's cool. And so I'm really thankful for that. But yeah, of course, like there's this, like I desire to do more and I'm only kind of pigeonholed in this right. spot. Now that I'm doing more, yeah. I'm preaching, you know, two to three times a week. Like, yep. uh, and, and I have leadership. Hey, we're in the same grind, bro. Right. The yeah. Amount, youth, like, young adults. You and I, you Sunday and I sometimes. And Adam, like it's like, Dude, the amount of content, mm. which is a blessing mm-hmm. and at times, for lack of a better term, a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you, and you write your own stuff, right? You know, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm I'm st- way too like I guess nerd could be a word. Yeah, uh, control controlling could be a yeah. word. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I I find joy in writing my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, no no sideways energy towards anybody that uses curriculum. Right. Um, do your thing. But, You're but probably is, a better youth pastor than I am. But it is it, 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 there is a reality that it there's more work mm-hmm. involved in that. Yep. Um, and I mean that's the whole point. That's why yeah. people use curriculum because it's it's not as much work. Right. They can put energy other places. Yep. But if you're doing it as many times, and, and I know you and Adam are because I'm I'm doing it with right. you. It it does it pulls a lot. So yeah. so putting out all this content right. now for a minute, I was I was. Um, I resented all that time that mm-hmm. I was before I started doing this. I was yeah. resenting like how much time that I was I felt wasting, quote mm-hmm. unquote, on uh, social media and creative yeah. stuff. But now I'm really grateful for that season because one, it's their tools that I have, yeah, and I can speak that language to other cr- creatives. Right. Um, to where they are on the team and I'm yeah. able to say like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Yep. And they, they can yeah. run with it. That's so good. I, that's such mm-hmm. a clear gifting that you have. And I love just the, I mean, your overall, this is going to sound so, I'm going to get roasted at the tabernacle for the statement I'm about Can't to say. Wait. But just the overall aesthetic that you like put out, like social media wise, <laughs> is something that I love. Uh, it's something that I, I have learned from. Uh, I've learned so much about social media from you. So um, definitely a gifting, but I was just curious, like, cause it was like, you were, you said like, man, my ambition was leading mm-hmm. the way. Like I just wanted like my eyes were forward. And so like, I know for me, I remember when I first got into like local church ministry, I'd been a Christian for like 14 seconds and, uh, they were like, Hey, do you want to be the youth pastor at this campus? And I was like, duh. Right. And then I got there and I was like, Oh, I probably shouldn't have done this, mm. but yeah, I'll just keep it pushing. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I definitely, um, have been and existed in that space. So I was just curious, but man, yeah. So come do your thing. You're doing social media. Um, some transitions happen. You're now the youth pastor at uh, Westside mm-hmm. Community Church, correct? Mm-hmm. Your wife moves up here. You guys did long distance for a minute, right? Yeah, we were. So we're we're pushing our third year married mm-hmm. in June. Because you guys weren't married when I first met you. I don't. Think. No, no, yeah, no. Th- three years in June. And, but we're, we're going to be together for eight years. Awesome. Yeah. So we dated for five years, long distance for four and a half of those. Yeah. COVID got us the last six months. Yeah. And so, um, long distance for, for four and a half years. Yeah. It's tough, but, um, it helped us communicate mm-hmm. better. Yeah. And that's for sure. Hope and I both did long distance as yeah, well. And I think we'd say the right. same thing. Like you're very like 
you, proximity couldn't wasn't enough at that point. You had to learn yeah. how to communicate and stuff. So, but yeah. So in that transition piece of uh, becoming like stepping into like a pastoral role in ministry and stuff like that. Like, how's that been like relationship with Christ, like in your changed life story, like Mm -hmm. seeing that shift happen. Like, can you speak to that at all? I think God has taught me, um, a lot about suffering and sanctification Mm -hmm. and looking back over the years. Um, I know I'm only 25. Um, and there are, I mean, to qualify unnecessarily, but there are plenty of other people who've gone through significantly a lot more right. than I have. Um, so that being like yeah. out of the way, um, you know, I've, I've seen some, seen some crap. And so yeah, you have. I, I'm grateful and humbled that, you know, and these aren't like just churchy words. Like right. I, I mean it yeah. and I'm grateful to God and I'm humbled that if not for the grace of God, you know, I'd be like anyone else who's walked away from the faith. Yeah. And so uh, John Piper says, a thousand sorrows prepares a man to preach. Hmm. And I think that- You're getting close. The same thing, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh. The same thing is true though. Like a yeah. thousand sorrows prepares the Christian to live. Hmm. The life of Christ comes with suffering. Yeah. And, uh, and the Bible promises that. But it's not the one who suffers little that is close to God because they're blessed or whatever. Yeah. It's the one who suffers either much or whatever, but who does it clinging to the cross. Yeah, that's so good. And so um, I, I think that that God has taught me a lot about depending on him. Mm. And I don't do it like perfectly. Yeah. And I try I try and do it well. Um, but, but through the years now, pastoring youth and young adults, I'm able to see... Um, because I lived without, I'm able to see what they need, mm-hmm. and um, I'm I'm trying to to push them toward that for yeah. their long term growth. Yeah, and something I see in you that you do really well as well is you understand um your inability to do it for all of them, and so your passion for raising up a generation of leaders as well. So that way each student can have an opportunity to be poured into, um, an opportunity that you didn't have. Um, I think that's something you do really well. And your young adults ministry is one that is ministering, um, to lost and to broken people, but as well is raising up kind of like this next generation of church leadership. And that's very clear just in how you pastor and how you, um, kind of give your life to those people. And it's evident in your student ministry as well that, a lot of the things that, that the lack that you had in coming up um, as a young believer, you are um, passionate about that not being the experience of your students. And that comes to play one in how you um, in how you live, but also in how you raise up leaders as well to be to fill those holes and those gaps as well. So I think that's something you do really, really well. So appreciate that. Yeah. Um, don't do it alone. Got a great yeah. team around me. Yeah. But um, and, and Justin and Ron pastors at a church are incredible at keeping yeah. me in line and, and pushing me I gotta meet that. this homie Ron. I've never met Ron. I've Ron's heard about Ron. Yeah. Oh, I love him. Yeah. I need to come terrorize the offices of Westside like I used to. Please do. Yeah. You, you still got that stupid mini fridge with LaCroix in it? No, I gave it away as I, a prize. I thought that I saw that yeah. you guys gave away a mini little mini fridge. I was like, he's just giving stuff away to the <laughs> office. Cleaning, I'm cleaning out my office. And, and, and Charlene, one of my leaders, she's on staff at the church. She, uh, 
she suggested that. Yeah. That was a great idea. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. So now I'm looking around my office. I'm like, what else do I need to get give away? <laughs> looking at my closet. I'm right. like, what, what pair of shoes can I give away? So those forces you're giving away are busted. <laughs> the kids just don't know yeah, it. Yeah. Dude, one of my- f- They're actually court royals. They're not even Air Force Ones. Britain roasted me <laughs> one of the first times we met. This is this has been the topic of many like therapeutic conversations. <laughs> I walk in and Britain's like, "Bro, when are you getting a new pair of shoes?" Because <laughs> I had like all like busted up. I was at the old Mundos too, yeah. the crappy parking lot. But <laughs> yeah, man, I love. Um, I don't know. You're a good friend, um, and I appreciate you coming and being a part of this. But I do want to give kind of like a a lasting like question or an opportunity for you to to share your heart. But for those out there that are maybe navigating um, this kind of a long suffering, something that is evident in your life with just pastoral transitions and moral failures and shortcomings and death um, that you have experienced in your life, um, it's evident that through that, as you've communicated, that you've clung to the cross. Um, the grace of God has been something that's carried you through. Um, but just uh, – I don't know, like in a pastoral heart for those people that are maybe in that like season of suffering in that, um, that time of not knowing like doubt maybe Mm -hmm. or something of that kind of speaking to, um, that listener as well. If there's anything else you want to say, just kind of in conclusion, uh, Mm -hmm. for the pod. Man, so much could be said. I, uh, I think to not grow weary of doing what is good to ask the Lord to keep your heart tender Mm. um, because it can make you callous and hard, Mm. like hard hearted and it's not worth it. But, but to, to go through that affliction to where the problem is that we're so many of us are um, we, we desire to be uh, thick skinned and soft hearted but we are thin-skinned and hard-hearted. Mm. Everything gets to us, and we're not willing to change. Yeah. Um, but I think we should be word. thick-skinned and soft-hearted. Like, all right, I'll take the bullets, but when I realize I'm lacking, I will shift. Yeah. And uh, I'll humble, humble myself to, to be able to move. And so keep your heart tender. Don't grow weary of, what is, of doing what is good, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, that's good. So good. Um, and then as a fellow youth and young adults pastor sitting here, maybe a word of encouragement to kind of that demographic that listens to the podcast. Read your Bible. Amen. Read it. <laughs> How else are you going to know God uh, if you don't read, read his Absolutely. word? Absolutely. Absolutely. Establish that rhythm now. Um, and it's nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Go to church. Belong to community. Mm-hmm. I think those are things that I saw come to play in your story. I love that. Um, yeah. Uh, Skyler, is yeah. boy needs some help. All right, he's got pl- what we got pleather. No free shout outs. None. <laughs> no shout outs to this. Uh, no I keep free that sh- ESV on me, bro. Hey, I'm with the ESV. I'll, I get behind you on that, but my man. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, building a house with a hammer from Walmart. Hey, I don't trust anybody hey, with a pretty Bible. Way too good of a preacher to be using pleather. All right. I, I, no, you can throttle your goat skin, bro, but I'm just saying. Come on. All right. Well, I'm Tabernacle, just, hook me see up. If the podcast, <laughs> see if the podcast has a budget to get this man a new Bible. I know you can't read that on stage. Look how small that font is. What do you mean? Oh, man. For those of you maybe podcast checking it out, we got, I'm going to start a fund to get this man a new Bible. My goodness. No. I love it. I've been picking on you that for years. So. For real. Yeah.
Put your hands on Let me that. see this. Yeah, that's real What's life. It feel like? That's real life, son. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> look at that. Look at that flop, Benji. Benji, look at look that. Look at that. Look at that look flop. Look at that flop, Benji. Hey. It's a good flop. <laughs> Love it. Hey, Tab family, uh, AJ, bro, thank you so much. Love uh, you, bro. For, for jumping on. I'm excited for the episodes to come out of this. Um, talking about youth and young adult stuff. Uh, suffering, apparently, mm. is something we can spend some time diving into. Maybe some spiritual warfare type yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah. And, and you know what? Real quick, Tabernacle family. You guys are blessed with a staff of pastors who love the Lord, love his word, and are no BS. If I'm allowed to I mean, you guys. Ha- you could probably just say it, I but I'm not going to make it. Yeah. Tim would approve. And <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that, that we are so easy to overlook what we're blessed with mm. um, and to long for something more. But 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 don't because you guys are blessed mm. to have fam. Okay. You are so blessed. And so. uh yeah, that's it. Appreciate you, bro. Students out there listening to this podcast, Camp 23. Come on. Coming up. Yes, July sir. July 24th through the 28th. The price goes up after July 1st. So get that uh, early bird special, $200, two-month early bird special. Come on. That's what I've been selling at the people. <laughs> hey, but you're going to want to come out. It'll be us, Westside, um, Bayview, New Hope, Kensington. I know yep. for all the old dogs out yep. there, like, what? All these churches are partnering? It's kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's kingdom, and we're getting after it. We're going to be out in Gaylord again, uh, mm-hmm. excited. Got Chris Marvin, The Spark, Paul Epperson. Um, going to be a great time. Got plenty of fun stuff planned. I'm probably going to slam AJ in the mud pit again. That's okay. Hey, but he's been running. So, I've been running. Yeah, I've been trying. I've been running. Forrest Gump. All right, <laughs> love it. Hey, until next time, Tab family, this is AJ, Benji, and Britton signing off. Mm-hmm.